Hi, I'm Jeff Miller. I'm Anthony Navarro, and welcome to Talk Out Loud, where we share the LGBTQIA narrative one story at a time. On this episode of Talk Out Loud, we're here with Armand Fields. Growing up in Oklahoma City, Armand attended one of the first magnet schools for the performing arts. Having big dreams for their college life and career, Armand moved away from home to study at a prestigious art school, which led to a rude awakening that life is just not always that easy. With some time, getting quiet, and listening to that voice inside, an acting career was born for Armand that includes both live stage productions and TV work as well. And let's not forget about Cleopocalypse, Armand's drag persona that has helped lead them to coming out in a whole new way. Armand is an inspiration by showing us you can create the life that you really want. You just have to dream it and go for it. Let's listen to Armand's story. You're in LA. We just, I'm we in just LA. address that for a Welcome second. Welcome to LA. When we talked to you, I don't know if, if this is public knowledge or not, but when we talked to you like a month, how long ago was that when we originally spoke about doing this? Two months Probably, ago? yeah, two months ago. You were in. It was like May, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Were, in, you were in. I Tucson. was in Tucson, Arizona, quarantining. What? Well, how yeah. did you get to Tucson? So I was doing a show called The Legend of Georgia McBride, written by Matthew Lopez, and we were doing it in Milwaukee. Thankfully, we were like it was a co-production, so it was with Milwaukee Rep Theater and Arizona Theater Company, and we got to do a successful run in Milwaukee. And then we had a hiatus and then we were to go to Arizona and do it in Tucson for four weeks and then go do it for four weeks in Phoenix. Got it. We got to Tucson, did four rehearsals in the space and we did six uh, previews. And then like the last preview, they're like, so we're having a meeting tomorrow morning and we're like the day of opening. What kind of meeting is this? Uh We all knew what was going to happen. We just didn't know what capacity. So they were like, so tonight we're opening and closing. Did you guys, did you want to open? So wait, was there one show then? Uh, so we did, uh, we did seven shows in Tucson because we did the six previews and then the one opening. Got in, it. They, yeah. And then they, um, but they were like, what we want to do, because no one knew what was going to happen. Right. You know? And so they're like, so you all are well, you all, we're going to let you stay here in the artist housing that we have for you. And then we'll pick this back up and go to Phoenix in like three weeks. Wishful and thinking. And this was in March. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> this was in March. And, then, and it's so July like, now. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. That following Tuesday, they sent that email. So we're going to close it all together. <laughs> Man. They were like, we closed it all together, but they canceled the rest of their season, but they had this artist housing up until like the end of August. So they were like, you all can stay in these apartments as long as you need. Cause they knew that most of us are either from New York or Chicago and those places are getting hit the most compared to Arizona. So that was nice that they, you know, they yeah, were I was able to grateful. let everybody stay there. And I mean, they didn't really charge us rent. Um, they didn't charge us rent. And they said that they were going to charge us utilities. But then, you know, when most of us kind of like did our own thing as far as making sure that we got out of there safely, they were like, we're not going to charge me. Because yeah, <laughs> all of that expense that they would have paid for our flights to ship our things yeah, sure. went to whatever utilities we accrued while we were there. But, but no, wow. it was perfect how it worked out because 
it was a small cast of us. It was only four of us that stayed in Tucson. And one of them was like, well, I'm going to go. I got a job offer to go help my sister's salon. So I'm going to go do that. And we we're like, okay. And then one of the cast members, he, his family, like his husband and son came from New York and quarantined with us. Mm-hmm. So they were there that whole time. They were like, well, we bought a ticket to go back to New York. And so the other castmate, Shavanna, her family's from Northern California. I was like, I don't want to fly, not by myself. I don't want to go to Oklahoma. I don't really have a place in Chicago to go back to. And I wanted to move to LA after the run of the show anyway. So she was like, well, my dad's coming to pick me up if you want to get a ride back to LA. And I was like, yeah. So (laughs) sign me up. I mean, and it really was like one of those things where I had no idea where I was going to be living or how I was going to make this work. But I like I called Jeff, actually, (laughs) because my friend was like, she's like, my dad's coming next week. Do you know what you're going to be doing? I was like, no, I'm I'm working on it. You know, and I just been texting people and I was like, let me I was like something was like, let me reach out to Jeff. And sure enough, you were like. Yeah. So I'm laughing now because I didn't know all that building up to it, the whole, oh, the whole yeah. part of the story. And it was so random. Like, no one ever messages me about people looking for roommates. It just doesn't seem to happen. Yeah. Um, and Lily, like, I got the message, and, ten, and, I'm, and I got the, the message came on my phone, and I was like, I wanted to first be like, you know, this is silly. Like, that's not, I'm not going to know anyone who's looking. I don't know. I don't live. I'm not from LA. I don't know right. anybody here, you know, per se. And And then, like, then I almost like, and I had this thought, I was like, you know what, just, just be open to it, Jeff. And then yeah. literally 10 hours later, I get this message from you. Do you know anyone looking for a roommate? And I was just like, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. But actually, I but do. it wasn't bizarre. bizarre. It wasn't, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the universe uses us one, you know, we allow ourselves to be. Right. You know, it's like. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so, and then even still, I didn't know that it, the apartment was like a sure thing until like that following Thursday, you know, because Ben, of course, wanted to look at all my like history and stuff and like my references. And my friend's dad showed up that Thursday, too. And so I was just like, I was like, I was like, I just know I need to pack my things. And my friend Georgie was like, you can stay with me for a week if you need it. And I was like, great. So at least I will be there. Yeah. So you mentioned Oklahoma earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oklahoma is home. Oklahoma is home. Oklahoma City. I grew up in Oklahoma City. Decent sized city. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, how much is it like, what's the population? Like 100,000? I was like, no, it's actually like a million at least. Oh, God, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big city. Yeah, it's a yeah. big city. And so, but, you know, I think having, because when I left, we didn't have the NBA team. Hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm like, oh, Thunder, I'm in trouble now. Oklahoma Thunder. Okay. Oh. Weak ass name. But like, <laughs> Come on, Oklahoma. Right, right. The first time I, I mean, Oklahoma is known for their hurricanes, like or tornado, tornadoes, tornadoes, right. <laughs> <laughs> like the tornadoes. That sounds like they're gonna fuck some shit up. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, hi, Mickey. But um, so yeah, so after they got the the NBA team thunder it completely changed Oklahoma City yeah. like and just made it more population growth people population knew about growth it. investment into just like the city and keeping it up yeah yeah hmm. those, those dollars make a difference I mean sure. they yeah. do yeah they do um did, what, do, as far as not knowing Oklahoma City too well capitalism did, yeah capitalism <laughs> use it for good did you grow up in the inner city or, or more suburbs I grew up uh, inner city. 
So like I grew up in the South side of Oklahoma and it's funny because like, you know, you think about cities like South sides, you know, and Chicago's infamous South side and that's predominantly black. And I would say it was more mixed South side where I grew up. It wasn't segregated but it was so, like so much. a more lower income. Like okay. there were some people that it was like lower income, lower middle, lower to middle income. Yeah of people that live on the south side, but like most of the people lived on the north side of Oklahoma. Has your area changed where you grew up? You I, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's so funny. You know, when you think about like your, your, the place, like the house that you grew up in or like the neighborhood, you have such like bond memories, you know what I'm saying? And it's like sparkly when you think about it. Yeah, the lens <laughs> of a child. Eyes. Yeah, yeah, but like, actually I did go back like my dad drove me around uh, the neighborhood where we had like grew up and it was just so dark and depressing. Interesting. I think it's interesting. Like when you go back, uh, when you go back and you look and you see like right. where you grew up, it's just kind of like, I don't know, you just see it through a different lens. Yeah. It's also too, like somebody like you, you've, you've been in a lot of other places. Now mm -hmm. you've seen a lot of other things and yeah. I don't know. I just think that there's like a, you just have a different lens for it. I mean, have you all seen that uh, movie Room with no. Brie mm -hmm. Larson? Oh my God, you have to see this movie. Adding it to the list. I got a whole <laughs> list. That's uh, Anthony's yeah. girlfriend right there, yeah. But um, Room is so beautiful and just like exactly what we're talking about. You know, this girl was kidnapped by this guy and like kept in his like garden shed. Oh, wow. And he impregnated her and she gave birth to this child, all still in this like shed. And like the child grew up in this shed. And like the movie starts on this like kids, I want to say like fourth or fifth birthday. Yeah. And you could tell that she has been waiting for the son to get to a certain age mm. so she could tell him what is really going on. Hmm. And on his birthday, she tells him that there's like a whole world outside of this room. And like the way it's portrayed to the kid, it's like this huge, vast space. And like, it's so imaginative, but like, you know, still there's like this, like her, his mom is going through this and like yeah. they're captive. Yeah. And so she hatches a plan for him to pretend that he's like sick. I hope I'm not spoiling it, but do you want to know what happened? <laughs> But anyways, they get out. Yeah, so they get out. Yeah. They get out. And that's not a surprise in the trailer. Right. <laughs> but they get out. And the little boy at one point, now that they like started to like acclimate themselves to like the real world and the world outside of the room. Um, the little boy is like, I want to go back and see room. And so she takes him back to see the room. Oh, wow. And like, of course, it's like taped off and it's like a police crime. Wow. Uh, scene and the little boy just like looks and it's just like so tiny and dark and just like he's just like wow this huh. is it you know yeah and also yeah, like yeah. I think about it on the larger aspect of like how sometimes things in your life can feel so overwhelming and so large and just so like <gasps> and then once you get out of it mm. and you have that like time to kind of like move away from it and you look back on hindsight you're like wow that was so tiny, yeah. You know, yeah. But it felt huge at the time. It felt yeah, huge at the time. Sometimes. Yeah, I could spend. I feel like we talked about Oklahoma for like in your childhood for like the next hour. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, we don't want to go. But 
<laughs> but no, it's just the way your mind works too. It's, it's really interesting. The, mm. um, just the insight. Growing up in Oklahoma, um, I know you and I have talked before, you got involved with a magnet school, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I went to class and school of advanced studies. Advanced studies. <laughs> you gotta say the yeah, whole yeah. title, right? <laughs> it's important. It is. Yeah. You so, know, I was yeah, there huh? from sixth through 12th grade. And it was like the first magnet school to open up in Oklahoma City. Um, and it was a performing arts, visual arts, international baccalaureate program. And like we have majors and that was like what we focused on. And, yeah. and like our, our classes are, are just like our lessons were set up around each major. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mine was theater. So I had to take a certain amount of dance classes and a certain amount of music classes and a certain amount of like acting and tech theater classes. So how, what was that like um, being you know, at that time in Oklahoma yeah. City? Like, what was it like for you to be a theater major in, like, high school? It was, I mean, as far as, like, when I was at the school, like, it was, like, one of those things where it was, like, it was amazing, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I had my own little, like, group and, like, you know what I'm saying? And it was just, like, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, like, you know how, like, you see in movies where, like, the theater geeks are teased, you know? <laughs> But no, it wasn't like guys. that yeah. at our school because it was like we had no sports. That was another thing. Like our sports oh, yeah. were like soccer and volleyball. Like we didn't have like we had maybe had a basketball team. I think we had a basketball team, but we didn't have like football and like all of these just very like, uh, you know, well, you were so there was too. no one really jocks. Huh? Yeah, you were celebrated. You're crap. Like, we were celebrated. Yeah, and yeah. like also everyone that went to that school had a certain uh, GPA. You know what I'm saying? So oh, wow. they were like unicorns at like other schools so it's just sort of like we were all sort of geeks in a way you know but, <laughs> but in, a it was just like, in a good way yeah, in a good yeah. way in a creative, creative way, way or yeah. just like um an academic way yeah. you know and so yeah so there was no like so there were also other queer people in the school i was the only one in my class that was out <laughs> when, when did you come out i came out when i was like 15 to my friends and stuff. I didn't come out to my family until like, I came out to my sister first and my family and then I moved away. And then when I moved to Chicago, I then went back for like, it was like a holiday and I told my mom then. So Oklahoma to Chicago, how did you, uh, mm. how did you end up in Chicago? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, um, whatchamacallit. So I, when I started to come out, I just started to like look at my life and just be like, you know, I want to do something else aside of acting. You know what I'm saying? And I had this best friend who I still talk to. Her name's Liz. Yes. Uh, yeah. She was my best friend growing up. And like, she was the only girl whose house that my mom would let me like stay the night at. And like, so Liz was, you know, she was from an upper, an upper class um, economically. And so, but we just like clicked and we were just like BFS. And, um, but I learned about like just other cultures, other types of food, just like, and then like fashion, we would like talk about, like I was, I was interested in fashion, but I wasn't like, it wasn't like the thing that I was like focusing on. And I never, like, I, I remember like telling Liz like, 
in private. I was like, I've always wanted to like buy a fashion magazine, but this is before I had a job. So I could never like ask my mom to buy me one. And Liz, like for my birthday, she took me to the store and was like, whatever magazine you want, you can get. Oh, And Liz. we can keep it at my house. Oh, <laughs> Liz. We love Liz. Yeah. Everybody needs was, a Liz yeah, in their life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was like our little thing. And then like we started, uh, we would start making like clothes on her mom's sewing machine mm -hmm. or like I had a sewing machine. And so, and that started to spark this like other creative outlet for me. And I also felt like it tied loosely with my coming out and just like my queerness. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, when we started thinking about college, I was like, well, you know, I've been doing theater since like sixth grade. Like, I don't know if I want to continue on with that, but I would like to explore fashion design. And so I started, I was like looking at schools, but I was like terrified of New York. I'd never been, I'd never been to LA. I'd never really been anywhere else. I mean, I've been to like Detroit and New Orleans, but I was like, I don't want to live in any of those cities. Um, no offense. Um, but like, <laughs> But, you know, it was like I wanted to be in a big city like Chicago or New York or L.A. And I was also like I wanted to find a school where I could do fashion design and maybe like do a little performing here on the side. And my choir, we had taken this trip to uh, Chicago and it was like <laughs> we were. I think we, yeah, we took a bus there. So we took a bus there for this like choir competition. We would like to went to medieval times. We like walked along Michigan Avenue. And like when the bus was on Michigan Avenue, I just remember going past, I didn't know it was the Art Institute, but I was like going past and I saw this like sign. It was a literal sign for the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And like it had like a picture of like, a runway show and then they had like a picture of like looking like people were like on stage performing and I was like I was like ah, yeah, yeah yes. totally and so I when I got back to Oklahoma City I was actually taking art classes I'd always taken art classes I always enjoyed it and I told my art teacher that I was like I think I want to go to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And she's like, it's a great school. And she's like, and I know someone in admissions. And she mm. was like, I can have them come here and do a portfolio review if you're interested. And I was like, yeah. She's like, we just have to get your uh, slides together. Oh, my God. Thinking back on that time, we didn't have digital cameras or anything. So, like, <laughs> we had literally slides. We took pictures, and it was a slide. And, and that's how people reviewed yeah. our portfolio. <laughs> And that wasn't that, I mean, that, that was seems not long like ago. medieval right? that times. Like two, right? That, that was like 2000, right. um, 20 years ago. Oh my God. Wow. Um, so she, that's what happened. And our senior year, they came and, you know, I had put together a portfolio. My teacher, my art teacher, Miss Stafford at the time was really dope. And she like let me focus solely on like putting together like a fashion portfolio. So I would be like making clothes in class or I would be like, you know, uh, drawing like fashion illustrations and then we like photographed it and everything. So thank God for yeah. teachers. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was a really magical place because they really, you know, got to work one-on-one -on -one with the students yeah. and like help cultivate, you know, yeah. what it is. And so my senior year, we had this option to do either like you could be like a TA somewhere or you could do like a, like a senior project. 
And so my senior project was, I did like a fashion show at a gallery in downtown Oklahoma City and like had the set design and like had the models and my sister did the hair and makeup for some of the girls. <laughs> and I like had like, I presented like a 10 look fashion show. Wow. And like I had a videographer and like my mom had bought food and like we had like food set up for people. It was le a legit show. It was a legit yeah. fashion Everything. show, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. Um, All I, this before, you know, heading off to college. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what and, I, I love about this story is uh -huh. I feel like you, you know, you were on this journey, right? So you're in school, you're on a choir trip. You saw the sign. Mm -hmm. It resonated with you because yeah. you're like, that's what I want. Yeah. And then you go back and you have the courage to say to your teacher, this is like, I'm interested in this. Right. What do I right. do? And then when someone, she basically was like, well, I know someone in admissions, right? Yeah. So she literally was able to help facilitate this totally. whole transformation for you. And I, I just think it's a, an interesting lesson for all of us to learn. It's like, or to remember yeah. is like when you, you know, things can happen yeah, for absolutely. ourselves, but you have to, you have to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. Pay attention to those clues when they yes, present themselves, look for the signs. right? And then and then act. And you yeah. can't just like go home and right. go to right. bed, right? right? You can't right, be right. like whatever. You, you got to open you your mouth. You got to claim it. Open gotta, your mouth. Yeah. yeah, right. You've got to be present, and then yeah. you've got to react when things are presented yeah. to yeah. you. So I, I just, I've heard you tell this story <laughs> before, and I that's what resonates with me. And I just yeah. love that you, at such a young age, just had the initiative to just go through yeah. all of these, this process. I yeah. think it, I think it's just a very valuable lesson to see. Thank yeah. you. And I do want to say that like, you know, if anyone's listening to this and I came from nothing really, my family was very low income. Like my mom was on food stamps at times, you know, and like we had a little bit of stuff, but it was just also like built on like credit cards and stuff like that. So it was just like, we never really, and so I was the first person to go to college outside of Oklahoma. So it was like, none of my family knew how to prepare me for that. And so it's like, and it was real because it's like, okay, you're doing what? Like, you're going where? How are you? Like, you know, we got, we got me there, but it was like, once I got there, I got hit with this like bill and like, I'm like, you know, thinking like, I'm here, I'm ready for college, ready Let's to like explore, it. yeah, and yeah. conquer Chicago. And then it's like, no bitch, you owe us like thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what class hasn't even started? What is going mm -hmm. on? Yeah. You know, and it's so funny too, because I think about when I arrived in Chicago and how that kind of was like an omen. <laughs> it was raining when I came in and like, oh, it was like, you arrive at the airport and I was like looking for a car and getting rained on. And then I had this like beautiful like leather blazer that I was like so excited to like rock in Chicago. And I like took it off and put it in the shuttle. And then when I got, I fell asleep in the shuttle. And then when I got to my dorm, I was like pulling my bag out. I was the last person in the shuttle. My jacket was gone. And I was just like, oh. Welcome to like, Chicago. Right, pretty yeah. much. Uh, but you know, it was, you know, I, I'm grateful for my time in Chicago, but it was definitely one of those where it's just like, you know, I mean, I, I wish I had, like, my mom would send me money if she won money at, like, playing bingo or something. But, like, yeah. But it was just like, I didn't have anyone being, like, you know, a constant support and just like, you know, I, in my second semester of my freshman year, 
they were like, you got to go part time because you can't afford to go full time. Mm. And I was like, wow. where am I going to live? Because part time, you're not allowed to live in the dorms. But my mom begged and pleaded and I begged and pleaded and they let me stay. And I was like the only person in these dorms that was part time. <laughs> Wow. And going this and like, so I had to get a job my second uh, semester, my freshman year. And so I actually had a job my freshman year and I lost it because it was so much trying to go yeah. full time and like work a job to like try and get myself some money. Right. It was just. Yeah. So I. Um, I so I was like working at IHOP and boys. <laughs> I was working at IHOP in Boys Town when there was a smoking section and a non-smoking section. <laughs> in all the right same room. Said there, the you know, yeah. oh my God. Now we called it Guy Hop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, you got the other, did you work the night shift at all? No, I never worked those shifts. Uh, I was like, I can't do it. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. There was so much entertainment. I mean, yeah. Oof. And like the, the servers who worked the overnight, they were like, you would not want to cross them in like a dark alley. Nope, I could believe that. <laughs> they were just like, they were, you just don't fuck with these servers. And they were just like, right. Oh, they own those shits too. They were, yeah. cause those were like their huge money making shits. Yeah. So they come in, they're like, all right, get out. You know, and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mozzarella sticks oh there. gosh. Yeah. yeah. So you're, so you were in school, you're working. Yeah. Now you have to, you're finding yourself working part time. How did you, what happened next with school? Like, where did that So, that you know, I would go part-time one semester, full-time one semester, part-time another semester. And then it was just like, and then I had, um, I had actually gotten, like, I was a resident advisor. And I thought, like, whew, finally, like, that bit of money will be, like, covered. But it still wasn't enough. And they were like... We so, and I couldn't find anyone to co-sign for a loan for me. So, I mean, it's like a blessing and a curse in a way because it was like, I, they were like, you know, we've exhausted sort of all possibilities and like, maybe you should just take time off. And, and that was hard because it was like, I didn't know really anyone in Chicago, but I knew that I wanted to stay there. And then my art teacher, she, I mean, my uh, fashion design teacher, she was really great. And she let me audit the class after I left school. So I still went to the school and took the class with her. And then it was just kind of disheartening because she was actually fighting really, cause there's an end of the year fashion show and first year students, they do like a presentation. Like they have like an outfit on like a mannequin on display. And she was fighting really hard to like, see if I could also present. Yeah. And they were like, no. Oh, um, that's hard. So do you yeah. think, was there ever, so I like, you said like you were the first one to go to college outside mm -hmm. of Oklahoma. Did you ever have like any, is there any resent or anger like towards your family for not knowing how to prepare you? I mean, for a, a quick little bit, you know, yeah. but I soon got over it because, you know, had, had I not like, I don't think I would, like I had to learn survival tactics, you know, during that time. And, I could see that some of my peers weren't learning those things. You know what I'm saying? Like things that I had to learn after I left school. It was crazy because around that time, like for some reason, like Second City kept coming up in conversation. Just about like active. Yeah, another yep. clue, you know? And I was like, well, I should maybe go check it out. And I had no idea that they had like a training center or anything like that. I was like, I'm just go see this place. 
So I was like, I'm gonna go see this place. Here I am. You know, here I am. <laughs> showing up. And I showed stuff. up and they were like, I went, it's funny because I went to the box office and they were like, oh, you wanna go to our training center? I was like, where is that? So they told me like, it's in the same building, just go here and go there. And so I go to the training center and I'm like getting like brochures and someone comes out and talks to me. And they're like, oh my gosh, you should meet Deanna Griffin Irons. And I was like, oh, she was Deanna Griffin at that time. And uh, they were like, you should meet her. She's head of diversity and outreach program. And she also has uh, a company called Brown Co that she produces. So I was like, cool. So I went back to the box office where the offices were and met with Deanna and she came down and we talked for like an hour just about acting, performing and Second City. And she was like, you should audition for Brown Coat because we have auditions every year for new cast mates. So I was like, okay. So I auditioned, did terribly. But, <laughs> but you did it. I That's did it. That's the key. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then the following year, um, I I think I I don't know if I direct like immediately started taking classes after that, but the following year I auditioned again. But also they had an internship that you could apply for. The internship was like a work study internship, so I applied and I got it. And so I was her intern, and in return I was able to take classes. So I started taking classes at Second City. I was an improv for actors. And then uh, I started taking the conservatory. So I did the conservatory, which is like their highest level of training and graduated from that. Um, and it was there that I met these guys in admissions actually, and the training center. And they had a theater company in Pilsen at the time. And it was like, just like a straight theater company. And they did this play festival every year called Paint and Ink. And they would get artists in Pilsen to donate like a piece of artwork and then they would pair it with a playwright like a local playwright and the playwright would have to write a one act around this piece of artwork so I auditioned it and I got into it and that was like the first like play that I did in Chicago and that sort of like sparked this desire to do more just like straight plays and like storefront theaters and it was one show that I did and like where I learned about like Steppenwolf. One of the people in my cast had did the school at Steppenwolf just prior to it. And so they were telling me about it. And then also that whole time was like, it was interesting because like I was sort of going through my like downward spiral as far as like my addiction went. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but at the same time, it was also like, I was still able to see certain signs and like hear, receive certain messages. And it was funny because I was doing that show. I was also working for Maria Pinto, the fashion designer. Oh yeah. So I was working at her store. And so at that show, when like we closed, the final performance, Tracy Letts came. Mm. And I didn't know who he was. I had heard of August Osage County, but I didn't know he was a playwright for it. And like, I was just like, cool. And, and it was funny because like, it was also, they had just won all these like Tony Awards that year. And he came up to me and like talked to me about Oklahoma. And I was like, cool. And like, he was like, nice work. And I was like, thank you. And that was it. It was so cool because that show, like I was playing this drug dealer who was just like vicious. 
And mm-hmm. I never played a, I haven't played a character like that since. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool to be able to tap into that and like be able to go there and then come off stage and people would be like, wait, were you in the show? And I was like, yes. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. So it was that like transformative type of perform like role. Um, so I was talking with, so Maria Pinto has like a board or whatever. And one of the people on her board uh, was so sweet. And like whenever she came in, she and I would just like talk and we just like gab. And I had actually watched, I went back and I think, yes. So this is what happened. So after Tony or after Tracy came to our performance, like I went to like do some investigations. So I like went and like watched videos of them winning the Tony awards and like doing all of this stuff and like reading the synopsis of the play. And in the YouTube video of the Tony awards, I saw Carrie like in the audience. I was like, Carrie, were you at the Tony awards? And she was like, I was, she was like, I was dating one of the producers for August Osage County. I was like, that's so awesome. And I was like, Tracy just came and saw my play like recently. She's like, he's so sweet and all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah. And then like maybe like a week or two later, she comes in and she gives me a gift and I open it. And because I told her I'd never seen August Osage County, she brought me a copy of the script and I opened it. And it said, to Armand, keep up the great work, Tracy Letts. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so... It was just like, I mean, so I had the script and, you know, around that time, I was also just like trying to figure out where my life was going. Sure. You know, and this was 2009. And then. So this is like a chunk of time after you've moved into Chicago. Yeah. I mean, this is. Yeah. This is a lot of it's almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember I went to Second City to see a show and it was like around the beginning of 2010 maybe the end of 2009. And I was just like, I knew that I wanted to train more. I knew that I was like wrestling with, do I go back to school, like for theater? Like, cause I want to be doing bigger jobs. And it was Christina Anthony, who's on Mixed Dish now. Mm -hmm. She was at uh, Second City in the ETC stage. And I knew her because of Deanna. And she was such a sweetheart. And she and I were talking and she was like, you should look into the school at Steppenwolf. And I was like, Mer? and I that? just also around that time, just quit drinking. Like I wasn't yet ready to accept that I was an alcoholic. I just knew that drinking was like, not my friend. <laughs> Alcohol was not my buddy. Good things were not uh-huh. happening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that night I like went and like got on the website for Steppenwolf, looked at the school. And I was like, oh my gosh, just applications due in like a month. And I was like, let me just like start working on this and like get it together you know the application was due the weekend it was actually due yeah like two days before valentine's day and i had saw that august osage county was in town like the traveling show mm-hmm. the touring show and i was like what is that the carnival uh, <laughs> i knew what you meant right the touring show it's touring company i was it was crazy because the application was due that Friday and like the show was only there for like a week. And I was like working so hard to get this application together. And so I was on my way to Steppenwolf to turn in this application. I called my mom just to like get some like solace or just like some, 
She's like, hey, can I call you back? I was like, what's going on? She's like, I'm about to get into the ambulance. I'm like, what? Why are you what going What's on happening? Today? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, like, turned in that application, and I just had, like, a full-on just, like, meltdown. Yeah. I can imagine. It's just, like, a lot of emotion. And- yeah. And so... Turned in the application. I had to, I think I had to work like that Saturday. So I wasn't able, and like that was like, that Sunday was the last day of August Osage County's like before they moved on. And it was Valentine's Day also. And I was supposed to go into work for this like mandatory like meeting. And it was like on Valentine's day in the Not evening. And like, I like went to church and I came home and I like laid down and I was like, I'm gonna take a nap before this meeting. And I woke up and they're like, hey, so we canceled the meeting. And then I was like, I'm going to the theater. So I like, called the theater <laughs> in the box office. I was like, do you all still have tickets left? And they're like, yeah. I was like, do you have like rush tickets? And they're like, yeah, we have student like discounts. So I was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> I like raced to I'm the coming. theater and I sat down for like the best, um, like best three hours of theater I'd ever like sat down for. Huh. I mean, now the other time that I've had like amazing time in the theater was Steppenwolf's production of uh, The Brother Sister Place, but that was only two hours. So <laughs> that's three so hours. We're about three hours. Right. Yeah. yeah. Best three hours. <laughs> was watching this show. And so, and it just happened to be the same weekend that I turned in my application for the school at Steppenwolf where this play was written. It's just like a whole, like a it whole, seemed like, like the whole universe just kind of like gliding I mean, and coming yeah. together. And so I got in my application, got an audition, uh, got in. It's wonderful. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't know, y'all have taken the brown line before. Yeah. 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 And like when you are around like Sedgwick, there's a huge poster of Amy Morton in August Osage County where she's like about to like wreak havoc on her mom. <laughs> It's like during the, have you seen August Osage County so, or read it? No, uh, no. Okay. It's yeah. amazing. But their mom is like a huge like pill addict. And like there's these three daughters and they're mourning the loss of their father who committed suicide. And like they're all home for this and like just family drama. Right. Uh, but there's like this pill rate that happens where they're like going through and like, I mean, and I mean, Amy Morton in this role is just like everything. Incredible. Incredible. So yeah. like I, uh, but that I would always see that thing and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to work there one day. Like, yeah. I just want to be in that building. Like, I just want like, you know, and I would always just pass away and then be like one day, one day, one day. Yeah. And then I get into the school and my instructor is Amy Morton. <laughs> Stop. Oh my gosh. I did not see that coming. What? Wow. Yeah, she had just returned to like teach the school and like she hadn't been teaching for a while and like it was just like You had no idea when you walked in the door? I had no idea. That's so, I mean and so how was that? I, it's experience? like just it's like I mean, just the stars just yeah, realigning just yeah. like perfectly for you. And then get this, she was just like, Yeah, I'm gonna be teaching and then I'll be leaving like two weeks before the last class because August Osage County is going to Sydney, Australia, the original cast. And she was like, I'm working on trying to see if you all can sit in in the final dress rehearsal. And I was like, "Uh, what? 
And sure shit, like we were like in our last third, like it was like broken up into three weeks and like our third, like, and she was like, yeah, so we're all gonna go watch August Osage County. Wow. And so, but it was like not on the stage, it was in their rehearsal space with all the original cast members. So we're like sitting. You're right there. Right, right there. They're right in Rondi front of you. Reed, Amy Moore, and Deanna Dunigan, like all of these people like in this show and we're just like watching them all like. Magic. Yeah. It was, it was, I get chills like when I think <laughs> yeah. about it. And like yeah. Daly was there. There was like a huge champagne toast, and like, wow, I did not partake. Uh, <laughs> you were, but you it was were, just yeah. like so cool, and just, I mean, the fact that it. And then I actually brought the script that Tracy signed, oh my and I had Providence. some of the original cast members like sign it no. as well. So I have the script with like the original cast members. That's one. What was it? Just what was the timeline for for that to happen? So him autographing it and giving it to me was in two thousand eight. Okay, I want to say it's like two thousand ten. So this was two thousand ten. Yeah, summer wow. two thousand ten. It's amazing. Like, you know, you just think about like your own life, everyone's life. You just, you start hearing stories like this. Right. And like, you're, you, I, this is what I want. This is what I want. I'm going to work for this. Yeah. This is what I want to do. And it's yeah. like, again, those clues start fluttering around. Yeah. And it's like, if you do the work yeah. and you show up when you're supposed to show up, yeah. it's like, yeah. it just seems to see, it's just incredible just to hear, you know, people's stories where these yeah. things then just happen. I just love and it. And the beautiful thing is, is like you continue showing up for life. It doesn't stop. It doesn't end there. It right. does not. And there's like so many, I feel like there's so many like circles that aren't yet complete that are just waiting to right. like, you know. You've got plates that are still spinning, yeah, you know, totally, right? And these totally. open cycles that then that yeah. one. Um, but you can be like, I know like for me, it's like there's sometimes like I'm like trudging like for like 10 months it feels like where you're just mm-hmm. like, you're, you're just in the thick of it. And then there's just this massive alignment where like yeah. some of those plates that have been up there, like maybe three of them land in the perfect place. Yeah. What I want to go back to is that your mom, obviously just to go back, your, your yeah. mom's okay today. She was, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she hasn't, my mom has a mess. So it's like the day that she wakes up, it's a good day. You oh, know, okay. she's yeah. like in a wheelchair or in a bed for the most part. She still has some mobility in her hand, but like the rest of her body is just sort of like there. Oh, sorry. Like she can stand up sort of sometimes, but yeah. But she's able to celebrate some of the the wins you've had today. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's funny. So I did work in progress and I'm in uh, six of the eight episodes. But then I did like one episode of The Shy and like I was in like the first episode and I had like a few lines, but my family's like, oh my God, I saw you in The Shy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was in other things too, but I'm happy that like people are watching it. That they can can, uh, grab onto. Sometimes I know like when I'm pushing like something like Maybe there was nothing like where, where I really need to cross the finish line. Like that day, mm-hmm. you had to cross the finish line. But there's other days, like when I've had stuff where it's like, like I'm pushing. I'm like, man, like what am I doing wrong? And I've learned, like sometimes I'm like, wait, maybe I just need, maybe I'm going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But then there's been times where, like, I can look back now, like uh, especially in the last couple of years since Anthony and I got back together, where like there was one thing we were really working hard on, and he and I, and it just like we were like it was just so chat. Like we were all the roadblocks where mm-hmm. he and I actually stopped and were like, maybe this isn't right. Yeah. Like maybe we're not supposed to, and it, to me, it, it, it's hard to know sometimes when to keep, keep, keep pushing. 
and and he and I, we, 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 one day one would say, maybe we shouldn't. The other day, one, like the opposite one would say, yeah, you should keep going, you know? Mm. And we did, we did cross the finish line. And it was, on the other side of the fence, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, but to people, like especially young people, when you're really yeah. starting to cut your teeth. <laughs> Whenever my palms itch, I scratch it and I say, I receive it. <laughs> ah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it means you're going to get some money or And also like whenever happen. I get like a new opportunity, like my hands are always itching before I got the call. Huh. Well, and that's, and then even back to what you, <laughs> pick up the phone. <laughs> right. We have to keep wrap this up quick because the phone's going to start going yeah. off the line for you. There is, a, there is something important to that that, and like some spiritual practices about with abundance and stuff about mm-hmm. when it, when it shows up, then now you got to grab it and go with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and also like looking back upon like, Oh, like you got to do, you got to be at the fashion Institute. You got to be at second city in Steppenwolf, like mm-hmm. all three of those things. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, in the beginning with the first one, I'm sure it didn't feel amazing when you got some of that news, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> no. But, but uh, it's almost like that bus ride when you were with your choir, right? right. Like you, that's sort of like when it, the journey started for yeah. you, right? So you saw this, you saw, you were attracted to the school, right? The schools, which brought you there, which mm-hmm. really wasn't about the school. Yeah. It, it was more of like getting you further into Second City and yeah. then into Steppenwolf where you could really hone on your craft, which is what you started with yeah. when you were in, you know, school. So it's, it's just interesting to sort of see like when you're able to look back, like, take that like look back from like 20 years ago and kind of be like well that was maybe not so great during that right. time but now i understand why i had to go through that and bring myself you know do you, through that Ar- 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 do you find that has that have you been able to draw on that with 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 as you continue with when, when you have times where it's challenging it is yeah i think you know right so i think for me now that like i feel like i've gotten more in the flow and the position of where i'm supposed to be going I think it doesn't feel the uphill battle doesn't feel as like it's not like being trapped in that tiny house. Right. So, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, not to say that there's still some like, I mean, we all have bad days. Contrast is the name of it. Right. It was like, we all have bad days, but like when you're in your lane, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it just feels like, okay, you're going to have a bad day, but tomorrow's another day and we'll just, you know, deal with what we got to deal with. And it's even interesting, like to even try to like kind of reframe it. So like, challenging moments yeah you know yeah and i think also too is being able to distinguish it like like you said if there's a challenging moment is this something for me or is this challenging moment challenging me to see how much i want it yes you know that's right there that's what i was trying yeah thank you yeah yeah that's really good because you know because what happens is i can always start my day over in the middle of the day right Mm -hmm. if i tell myself that yeah kind of take the power back or reset the the track let's i would love to talk about work in progress for for a little bit uh Anthony um, and I were watching that again a couple of weeks ago. And um, again, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> pandemic has been good for numerous yeah, things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Did you know, though, that I read somewhere? Sorry, I, oh. that I read somewhere that people watch shows again, especially now people are watching shows again because it's something that they know is going to happen. They know what's about to happen mm. because we're in so much uncertainty oh. right now that watching something again will give you this sort of familiarity and this kind of comfort that like, I know how this is going to go. I mean, I know how this pandemic is going to pan out, (laughs) but I know how this episode or this season of Insecure is going to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, that 
totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I, I know for us also, which is interesting, we even built on what you're saying, mm-hmm. being in Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, def- I mean, I, I love LA, it's grown on me, especially this past year, mm-hmm. but Chicago is was home, is home. So being able to, it, it, it's somebody, who, a friend of mine who is in the show, first of mm-hmm. all, and then also the fact it's about home city where I cut, like I came out in that city, I ran away yeah. to that city, that's where, yeah. you know, that was where I found safety to be yeah. to, to, to be the, become the gay person that I am today and spread my wings and, mm-hmm. and there was a, there was a lot of heartbreak and pain some of that self induced but uh, being able to go back and, and go home to to that and revisit yeah. that so all of those things culminating and and there's an actually a scene that I want to talk about and that Anthony and I were watching together and I was like what is it about this scene. Um, he was he was explaining to me. He was like, "This is what it is. This is why." And I'll let you talk about that more. Yeah. So I, I forget which episode it was, but it was the the uh, brunch, the brunch scene where everyone oh, was in yeah, the apartment, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're watching this, and I just feel like watching. And like, I think about that scene. I just like I can't help but smile. Yeah. So and it's like this, not just like a like a smile on my face, just sort of like this big sort of like inner smile, right? Uh-huh. Where it's just this warm feeling, and. Like after that episode was over, Jeff was like, what was it? And I was like, it's very simple. It's like, it's, we're watching this group of people. So they, however they identify. And it's like, you're just watching. It's like all of the hard work from all of the, the LGBTQ activists. So like, like Marsha. That brick through the window. It's like, and then there's like a moment where it pans like over you and you've just got this big smile on your face and like you're dressed in this like beautiful like uh, Sunday afternoon robe, right? And it's just like, that is it. Like that's what they were working towards. It's like, so I'm watching and I'm looking into this room and I'm just seeing like just all of these, you know, queer people no mm. cares like yeah. this this person can be with this person this person could be wearing whatever they want right. to it's just being able to be yourself yeah and feel comfortable in your skin yeah. and no labels no restrictions no nothing just yeah. being you and yeah. i think that scene whether or not that's what it was supposed to uh-huh. do like when i saw it i was like yeah. the kid like they got it like right. that the, the they, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is the future. This is where we're going. And I think it's just a beautiful representation of where we are today and where yeah. the community is going. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, you know, I think back on that scene, that was like the first scene that I shot. Um, and like when I was doing it, like <laughs> it was hot as hell, but <laughs> they couldn't have any air conditioning. And you had that we turban like, on. I had the turban on. But um, thankfully, I was like, I need a I need a fan with uh-huh. this outfit. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> so everyone was like huddled around me and my fan. <laughs> but when I look back on that scene and it's like the the song choice yeah, and yes. the outfits, like there is a sense of nostalgia yeah. in there that I think a lot of people like when I look at that scene, I think about like my freshman and junior year of college and like meeting these like radical queers for the first time. But then also like, it was like around the time that Queers Folk just came out. So it was just like queer representation. I mean, be it problematic and like whitewash, but. Right. (laughs) But it was still like this show of like queerness on TV and just like, and the colors and everything. And it was just like, wow, this is like, I don't know. I think that's maybe like what other people felt when they watched it as yeah. sort of like a familiarity. And I wonder yeah. honestly if if this is something that 
not to say my experience is different from somebody else's, but as someone who has not felt safe at some point in their mm-hmm. life, yeah, if you, maybe if you've always felt safe uh, mm-hmm. or not, uh, that you have to hide part of who you are or try to assimilate to some sort of society, the appreciation for just that, that safe place that this was, this thing that was created in that. And it, it, you could feel almost like this, this bubble, but at the same time, it's like, this is just, it's not, it's not that complicated. Like right. this is, it should, it should so be simple. Right. It's so you know, easy. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's like Anthony, you talked about it earlier. It's like with, with, you know, sometimes it takes like someone like Marshall P. Johnson throwing that brick to break yeah. that, that glass scene, like yeah. just to be like, to puncture a hole, like, no, this is what it could be. Yeah. And sometimes there are some people that God bless, like that, that we get to walk amongst us that have this vision that can yeah. see beyond, like, just can see like into a different dimension of what this could be. Yeah. If we would only just, just change a one, a couple, you know, just yeah. change, continue to change some things. Um, and like, too, I would just like also credit like Abby and Lily Wachowski, executive producer for this because it was just like, they were just so adamant at just like making sure that there was trans and non-binary individuals, not just on camera, but behind the scene. And then there was also just like amazing, just like queer folk, black folk, like everybody was like. And I I even like how like, even with like Abby's friend, um, that with some of the lesbians, because Abby is is, is a lesbian in the the show and she's dating a trans man and she goes back to her her girlfriends right. are mostly lesbian, and, and she's explaining to you know to like yeah. so you're you know um, and and it really the the right back to what you said that the writing is so important because mm-hmm. it's reflecting you know like whether it's uh, you know Theo's experience or you know mm-hmm. your experience as, as well um, yeah uh, it, it, and we haven't really talked about that how do you identify I mean I identify as non-binary queer. Yeah. My gender is non-binary. My sexuality is queer. Okay. And those are two different. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I like queer because it's more um, inclusive, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's also more political um, because I feel that there's a binary to the LGBT, like to the lesbian and gays, like spectrum. Um, So, yeah, I say queer. And then... This is something that you've helped me a little bit with is with understanding and being able to communicate like the difference with pronouns as well too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to be fair, I'll be open. I, I, I do, you know, I stumble on my words sometimes. Yeah. I catch myself and, and I, I love, I appreciate the fact that I can apologize or, you know, and then mm-hmm. I feel like that there's a sense of trust where you're like, you don't just say, no, that's okay. We can be like, you know. You because I, I, I also too am learning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, I started identifying as non-binary when I say last year. So this is all still very new to me. Um, and yesterday was National Trans Non-Binary yeah, Day. it was. So that was exciting. And I got my post in on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it this morning. It was, was like, also sort of like a coming out for me because I mean, I have it in my profile that I use they, them pronouns, but to like say it like that in that way, um, I would think a lot of people didn't know. Yeah. And I think they we would do now. a disservice to not to talk a little bit more about that, um, yeah. if you don't mind. No, not at all. Um, so you said this is new, like a, a yeah. year ago. Where did you come spiritually, emotionally, mentally, uh, like ready to be like, this feels right for me? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where like when I was growing up, like there were things that I loved as like, as like being a little boy, but then there were also like these considered like feminine or girl things that I also enjoyed. And then also, you know, I'm from Oklahoma and I have a lot of Native American blood in me and my family and my lineage. 
Um, you know, Native Americans have two-spirited individuals and that's where that comes from. And so I felt that like it was something, especially when I started doing drag more mm. and living in that world and just feeling like whenever I was doing drag, I never felt that I was like a clown in a wig. I felt like this was like the ultimate expression of like my feminine energy, my divine feminine energy. I also, you know, I went to, <laughs> I went to the psychic school in Chicago and it's more like clairvoyant training. And so they just teach us that everyone has the capabilities of being clairvoyant. It's just a matter of tapping into it. But one of the things that they talked about is that we all run like divine feminine energy and divine masculine energy. It's just a matter of like, what's the ratio? What's the percentage, you know? And I always felt like I had this high amount of divine feminine energy that I was just like not honoring, you know? So yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's like, I don't feel like I, I, I'm not asking one to call me like she, her, hers. Sure. I'm not, but also at the same time, when I hear he, him, or sir, or anything like that, I'm just like, oh, yeah. that just like something skips on the record, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, doesn't and feel I was right just like, inside. right. So they, them feels right. And, um, and in a way I get to pay homage to my ancestors, you know, as well sure. in that. Do you feel like um, in when you started doing drag, do you think that that was sort of like the way that opened up for you to like? Yeah, really absolutely. That feminine energy. Absolutely. Because like I was saying, when I started doing drag, I didn't necessarily feel like I was like, this is like, you know, me and my interpretation of a woman, you know what I'm saying? Or sure. just like not saying that that's what every drag artist feels like. But I just felt like this is this is a, an expression and an art form for me that pays homage to the black women in my life mm -hmm. that have inspired me on so many levels. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. I, I, I enjoy music performance. And I remember before, before we met, and I remember seeing you on stage, there was a sidetracker Berlin. Um, and I was just like, who, you were there was just something electric about you like you know there's a lot of wonderful performers out there but there was definitely something that was alive like that in, in channeling that and then also like the energy then that you put out like there can be sometimes cattiness and stuff and i never and i never get that from you mm. um it is just a beautiful thing and then the thing is it's the magic that i get to see from someone who's in the audience is is like um is what you're able then to transmit to the to the other people and the one that really stood out to me later on, after I got to meet you later on, was that it was, la was it last year? It was, la no, not long, it was last year at um, Market Days. And oh, okay. Anthony and I were walking down and you were working the sidetrack stage, uh, stage out front. Yeah. And there was um, a young, there was, it, it was, it would appear to be a, like, a, I'm struggling here for the word. A like, straight, like a, a, straight, a man and a woman. Yeah. Couple, okay. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. just like a family from yeah. like, they happened to pop into the neighborhood for the yeah. festival. That Somebody who lived yeah. down the street who yeah. brought uh, their kids, uh, a, a husband and wife who brought their kids. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, you, it was just like nothing. They it, were attracted to you. Like oh, they, okay. you, they were gravitating towards like you and, uh, and it was just like, they, it was just like for them, yeah. like, I don't know. I think we think back like 20 years ago, right? Where yeah. I don't think I would have ever imagined having 
a husband and wife bring their kids to market days, a right, gay right. street festival. Right. And then not only to see that and see them with you and yeah. like taking selfies and yeah. you know, it's just, I think what you're, what you're getting at is that it's all because you, I think you approach or we, we, what you see as an audience member, when you see you perform, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's all love. Yeah. You're giving yeah. all love. Yeah. And I think people gravitate towards that and they see they see that. So, right. and, and I think, and I did trip my words there because you know what it really honestly was, and I think about it, it was as someone who was your, who's in the, the friend in the audience mm -hmm. who sees the father with the kids for mm -hmm. half a second, there's that moment I'm like, how's this gonna go? Like, mm -hmm. is, is, right, it, right, is right. it, but you, you didn't miss a beat. No, oh, <laughs> no and, 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 I, and I think you were, you, you were using your talents and your gifts mm -hmm. so that it just, it, 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 I just had so much grit. It's, when people are when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, yeah, um, using our gifts and yeah. fully spreading our wings, it's just like ole ole ole, you know, yeah, like totally. keep doing it. Uh, can we talk about Cleopocalypse? Yeah, Cleopocalypse, you know, hey. yeah, <laughs> mistress of mass destruction, yeah, or ass destruction. <laughs> yes. Uh, Miss Cleo, if you're nasty, she can either read you your future or read you for filth. You okay. decide, you know. <laughs> so where um, did, where did she come from? Like okay, how, so yeah. yeah, I was and doing. Sorry, really yeah. fast. So she. She. So do yeah, we say yeah, Cleo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and I mean, of course, like people say, like, "Hey, girl," and I'm like, "Right." Yes. What you yeah. want? <laughs> <laughs> you rang. Uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, but so I, I was always apprehensive of doing drag, I think just because of my upbringing and, you know, identifying as gay, but also just like not feeling like I felt like that was a thing that like people were worried about in my family. They're like, oh, you're gay. You're going to start wearing dresses and wigs and stuff. But it's so funny because when I was a little kid, we would get into my grandma's wigs and they thought it was a hoot. So, uh, but anyways, uh, so I was always apprehensive of it. I also felt that it was like, as far as on the gay side or queer side of things, like I felt like it was expected of me because I was black and effeminate. Like I should be putting on a dress and like doing mm. drag, you know? But it wasn't until like, it was 2012, I was doing a play called Girl, You Know It's True. <laughs> Based on Millie Vanilli. <laughs> It was amazing. And I was uh, Fabrice Morvan, one half of Millie Vanilli. And so I had to like, we had to like have makeup and like we had the wigs with the, the dreads or like the braids, we had it all. And so like having that, and also my friend who was in the show, who I met on the show, you know, we were like talk about drag. And I was like, I think I'm gonna do it one day. He was like, you should. Yeah. And I like took the makeup from the show home and this was like when YouTube tutorials was just really starting. Like mm. they were like, <laughs> but I like started watching YouTube tutorials on how to like do drag makeup. Huh. And I slowly like started exploring in that way. Um, and the first time I like painted my face, I didn't have a wig. So I just put my hair in a head wrap and and that was like, like that, that was kind of it. Like I was just doing it in my bathroom you know, and taking pictures. Sure. And then I was at that psychic school <laughs> and one of my teachers, I was talking with him because I was also just like, 
This was also the time. So I had quit drinking in 2010, but I never really started working the steps until 2012 time. Like, yeah. So around that time that I was just now starting to accept that, like, I'm an alcoholic and I need help, like, was the time that Cleo started to come in. Um, And I was talking with him because I was just, it was the day I was going through it. And he was like, you should be like, you should like focus more on your drag because I've shown him pictures and stuff. Yeah. He's like, what's your drag name? And I was like, I don't know. Like I hadn't really come up with a name at that point. He was like, oh my gosh, you should do like, you should be like a psychic drag queen, (laughs) like Miss Cleo. And I was like, ding. And it was like, right. And I had also like, I was like interested in painting these like, because I was learning about the chakras and like the third eye is like your sixth chakra. And it's also like a form of protection. So I started like whenever I would paint my face, I would draw this like third eye, either like on my forehead or somewhere in my makeup, it would be like a third eye like floating around. I think I should get back to that. But anyways, <laughs> um, and so I was touring around with, you know, the name is Cleo. And, and then I was also thinking about like, also around that time, the Lady Gaga song had come out, Marry the Night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that video I was obsessed yeah. with. And just like, I was like into like watching interviews about her talking about it. And that song is called Marry the Night because it's about marrying the dark side of you. Yeah. You know, and embracing that darkness. And I was like, how can I embrace my darkness through this drag name? So I was like, I was thinking about like, destruction or like catastrophe and I was like (laughs) and I was like looking up I literally typed in destruction and like looked up acronyms or synonyms for destruction and apocalypse was one of them huh so I was like Cleopocalypse Cleopocalypse (laughs) love it (laughs) yeah and then I was like let me play with the the way that it's spelled Uh and so it is spelled like a pocket of lips, like a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> There's so oh, many layers that's here. So I love great. <laughs> oh, I'm never wow. gonna look at it the same way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I came up with Cleopocalypse. And basically, she was just born out of your yeah out of your bathroom. Yeah. 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 From- out of my bathroom and. And yeah, and slowly, like, it was funny because, like, I, once I started doing drag, like, people would hear about it and they're like, oh, would you be interested in, like, hosting this, like, benefit that we're doing or, like, this little event? And, like, so I was doing, like, little events here and there. And uh, it was funny because I was doing this, like, oh, this is before the times that we're in. And it was just, like, I was asked to do this, like, geisha look. And I just, like... It was like one of those things where I was like, did not fit right or feel right. right. But at the same time, I wanted to like do something different. And so I actually contacted Shea Coulee. Mm. She and I are friends and she came over and like we talked about it and we like did this look where it was like my face was like purple. It was like this gorgeous like 
purple like makeup and so yeah it was like one of those moments though where it was just like never I won't do this again but it's like you know I think that's the thing about drag it's like you have to learn because there are boundaries and I feel like some people think there are no boundaries with drag but it's like no like that's not okay so that's like one thing that I wasn't necessarily too proud of but it was also early on my career and also in a time where I was like I wasn't as aware of just like how things can be appropriated yeah, right. and you know so also, it's you know sometimes when those kinds of things happen if you, it, like what you just said it's like sometimes you got to go through it just to know and then you know the next time like when, yeah, when someone asks you again. to do right. something you're like oh no no because right, right, like right. it it pings right away yeah but so I I was doing like hosting like parties here and there but I wasn't I think because I also was newly sober I wasn't ready yet to enter in the bar mm -hmm. culture uh, with Cleo, just because I didn't know what it was gonna look like. Or like right before I moved to LA, there's this competition that takes place in Chicago called Miss Serenity. But that was like my first time doing anything like that. And I loved it. So that was the thing, it was like, I was doing drag here and there and those sort of like types of capacity. And then when I came to LA, I actually didn't do any drag while I was in LA, hmm. not once. The, the first time you the came first to LA. Time. So the first time, so yeah. 2016 and 2017, yeah. yeah. I didn't do any drag. I actually got cast in another, <laughs> here's another amazing God moment. Yeah. Uh, I was in, so I'm trying to think how it all, I had gotten back to Chicago when I was in, I did an internship in Milwaukee from 2013, 2014. Came back to Chicago, went to a reading of this play called Charm by Philip Dawkins. And I watched the reading, the stage reading of this play. And it was all of these characters based on real people in Chicago from the LGBT youth center that I had worked at. So I was like, oh my God, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. Yeah. And I was like, I have to be in this show. <laughs> like they hadn't produced it yet, didn't know where they were gonna do with it. And I was just like, that immediately, I was just like, was contacting the theater and the casting director. I was like, I have to be seen for this show. And in 2015, I got cast in the show. Wow. And it was, Produced in North, it was produced by Northlight, but it was at Steppenwolf. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the world gets pretty small. I so mean, like... wait for it. And so, oh, so I did Charm, and while I was doing Charm, I got asked to do to understudy an actor at Steppenwolf right after Charm. So I was at Steppenwolf from like. August up until February the following year, just You're like they're in the working, building, you know, like you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but the actor was my friend Asima, who I was understudying in this play called Domesticated, uh, written by Bruce Norris. Mm. And so I was understudying this show. And while Esteban and I were like having downtime, we would just like kiki in the theater. And Esteban was actually a Chicago actor, but had moved to LA and just came back to Chicago to do that play. Um, and 
he saw Charm and loved it and was like, oh my God, we have to figure out how to get Charm in LA. I was like, well, if you can get Charm in LA, I'm coming to do it, you there know? You yeah. And we were just talking about like, how can we get Charm in LA? We would, but like nothing ever came of it. Fast forward. So this is February of 2016. And one of the other actresses in the show was from Chicago. She's like, I'm moving to LA. There was like two other people from LA that were in this show with, along with Esteban. So it was like three people who lived in LA and Chicago and like were, so I was like, maybe I should move to LA. This mm. is the time. One of my best friends lives here and like, I would come out and visit her like once a year. And she was always like, when are you gonna move out here? And mm. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and just like, just fear. And so this was 2016 and I was like, I'm just going to do it. You know, I was like couch hop or like, I didn't really have a permanent living situation and it just felt like now's the time. Like, and so I hatched a plan to get to LA and I was like, I got like $300 in my pocket. Let's just do it, you know? And, um, I was like, I knew when I got here, I wanted to like have something to, to jump into. Sure. So I was like, when I was doing the show that I understudied at Steppenwolf, one of the actresses was like, y'all like telling me and my friend who was in the show who was moving to LA, she was like, you should check out BGB Studio. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool acting school. They do like holistic training. Like they're just like, they have a holistic approach. And then think about acting from like a spiritual like Mm -hmm. concept and so i was like okay cool so i like was checking out bgb and i was like i should just take a class you Mm -hmm. know and i was looking and i was like oh this class looks really cool it's with this casting director jamie radoski let me check her imdb checks out i was like let's yeah and then i saw the class and it was like starting sooner than when i thought i wanted to lay in, in la so i was like well, now I need to get a new ticket. <laughs> Gotta get there And do sooner. you know, do you know this friend of mine, who oh, I need to text, I haven't texted her, but she called me and she was like, hi, I just wanted to check in and see how planning for LA was coming. And I was like, oh, it's good. I'm just going a little bit sooner than I thought. She was like, well, do you have your ticket already? And I was like, well, no, cause I need to buy it for this new date. And she was like, well, I'd like to buy your ticket for you. Wow, She's like, wow. I have all these miles and I just would love to use them. That's very so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I got to L.A., landed at my friend's place. The same day that I landed was the day that I t- started this class. My friend wow. who. Did you always get just like, enough. Right, right. That's it. Just I mean, and it was funny because she lives not that I like I didn't know yeah. what to expect, but she lives in she lived in Playa del Rey. Oh, wow. And the class was in the valley. Oh. Wind traffic, three and a half I hours. mean, <laughs> so she was like, we should start going there now. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay. So, you know, get to the class. And I'm in this class. And it's really awesome because I'm like, oh, my gosh, other actors. And I'm in L.A. And, like, taking this class. And then I was like, oh, my God, I don't have a car. And then, yeah. we're like, weeks were progressing. I was just like what am I doing here? Like I was looking for a job and it was just like, and in one day it was like crazy. I was at the, I was in the class and one of, before Jamie came in, 
I was like talking about how I needed a better paying job. I was actually working at like Earth Bar inside of like Equinox Gym, the smoothie place. And I was like talking about needing a job. And one of the girls in the class, she was like, oh my gosh, she's like, I work for Soho House and they're opening a new one in Malibu. Like you should like send me your resume and I'll like put in a word for you. And I was like, okay, work, we'll do. And then that same day, Jamie comes in, our teacher, and she's like talking when she's like, I want to spend the first like half of class. Like, I want you all to think about what you would be doing if you were not acting. Mm. And we're going to go around the room and you'll share and blah, blah, blah. And so we were doing that. And I was like, I was like, well, I do drag. So maybe I'd be doing that more. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do drag. She's like, oh, my God. One, I have to see pics. To like, yeah. And so on break, I'm showing her pictures and she's like, oh my God. She's like, you have to audition for this play that I'm casting. And I was like, what's it called? And she's like, I can't remember the name right now. And she's like, but there's a lot of trans characters and just like gender fluid. And I was like, she's like, it's one word. And I go, charm. And she goes, that's it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But if you hadn't said. Right. One yeah. word. Right. 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 That's where, like, I have to pay attention to these things for myself I mean, and other people. It is wild. It's yeah. like it. It's it, it. Every. It's like yeah. these opportunities. They're yeah. they're right. there, and it's like you just have to open your mouth. Yeah. It's and like I, what it right. is, right? You're and just so talking. That day, like, I got a job. I and so I did pursue Soho House, and yeah. I started. I was working at Malibu Beach House, this new Soho House concept. Yeah. I was working there and then the auditions came around for Charm and guess who was there auditioning? Esteban, oh the actor gosh. that I was understanding. Yeah. And we we're like, bitch, we manifested Here this. Here it is. <laughs> wow. And we both got cast in it. What a great oh reunion. Yeah. I mean, so. From Steppenwolf to I mean, right, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. And so I got to be in the world premiere and West Coast premiere. Congratulations. In the same role so that I originated. Great. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it was really, it was really powerful. And it was also interesting because there was a lot of shit that went around in that show, like, outside of it and it was just really unfortunate and it was crazy because i just felt like icky about it and i was like god like i don't know if i can continue on with the show like it just feels weird in my body like and like the charm in chicago was such a magical time it was such like just it was lightning in a bottle you know yeah what do you think caused all that ickiness that was surrounding it uh, just other people's drama. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how when you have like sort of one or two or, two, right. you know, people bring in sort of that bad energy right yeah. into the mix, how it just throws, it could throw the whole thing off. Yeah. And I think also too, was that doing charm in Chicago, it was such a love letter to the youth. Mm. of Chicago, the LGBT precariously housed, mostly black youth of Mm. Chicago. And so I think that that was the core of it. Also, it was based on uh, Gloria uh, Allen, who called Mama Gloria. She's a real woman Mm -hmm. in Chicago who started these charm classes. And she's this 
trans woman who's like of a particular age and she's just like a living legend. Mm -hmm. So it was like also about her, you know? So that was the thing in, in Chicago, we had that core, we had that mm. root. The you intention know? of the whole right. suit of it. And I just feel like in LA, it was just a miss. It was taught to, it was intended to be charm classes for trans girls. Mm. And it just turned into like a safe space for all. Wow. Um, because, you know, they're like fruit, yeah. uh, safe yeah. space. Yeah. Like, I'm there. I'm right. Here. So, Thank you. That's yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah, it's a beautiful play. And, and Philip Dawkins, who wrote it, actually like sat in on the classes and yeah. interviewed all the students and so, Gloria and followed her. So just just because for me uh, uh -huh. to understand, you were in L.A. like in 2016 when the, when this happened. Yeah. And then I know that you end up back in Chicago. So I was having that thought. And then like the next day, <laughs> we get an email saying that the play was wrapped, mm. that it closed early due to ticket sales. But it was like other drama that went on with it. But, but yeah. So but I was you know, like, it was time. It was time. Yeah, yeah. it was time. And wasn't um, serving its purpose anymore. Right. But that was like the only time, I mean, that I had like put on makeup or put on a wig or anything like that. So I hadn't done drag at all really in, in LA. Hmm. And then it was, you know, I was struggling with just trying to find a permanent home and just like trying to make a living outside of like pursuing acting. And I was just not really having a, a go. And I was talking with this guy who was a therapist and like he was just offering like, I, I wasn't working with him, but we just like had a talk. He was just like, it sounds like you just have some things that you need to like get back to or work on, you know? Um, I was like, yeah. And it's funny cause I had actually booked a play in Bloomington, Indiana at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. So I went to Bloomington, Indiana to do that show. And it was The Legend of Georgia McBride, the play oh. that I just done. <laughs> so it's like, I have these like full circle moments. You sure these, do. Like, and I'm praying to God that I get cast in the movie because I hear that the guy from <laughs> Big Bang Theory, he bought the rights to- Jim Parsons or? Jim Parsons, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like producing it into a film. So I was wow, like, that's cool. You need a Rexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there you go. He was just right. Doing, yeah. I'm here. Right. So I went back to LA after leaving Bloomington, Indiana. And I was just like, yeah, I got to figure something out. And I was like, why don't I go back to Oklahoma and figure this out? Get to Oklahoma. One of my friends who's an acting coach here in LA, but she was from Chicago. She and I were talking. She was like, I don't know why you went back to Oklahoma. <laughs> She's like, what you need to do is you need to go back to Chicago, get yourself right. a bigger agency that has offices in Chicago and L.A. and build up your resume, then come back to L.A. Yeah. She was like, there's nothing that you're going to be able to accomplish in Oklahoma. And I was like, right. girl, I just got here, blah, blah, blah. I got this. A month in, I was just like, this ain't good. I'm into Chicago. Well, it was like a weekend that it was just like, it was just like, not living with my family and now living in that space and these like contracts that everyone had agreed to that I hadn't, yeah. like, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, it was just like one of those weekends. I was just like, yeah, this isn't it. And I was like, do I go back to Chicago? I was like, let me just start looking on Craigslist for jobs. 
go on Craigslist, see that one of the companies that I worked for was hiring, contacted them directly and was like, hey, I'm thinking about coming back to Chicago. Like, y'all are hiring? And they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you back. When can you come back? Hmm. I was like, uh, let me find out. And then I called my friend who had owned a restaurant who in Chicago. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to see if like you need help or anything. She's like, I would love to have you. I need help. Oh, like, wow. when can you come? And then I was like, I'm, I'll figure it out. She's like, okay, great. And then she calls me back. She's like, do you need a plane ticket? And I was like, yes. <laughs> she was like, cause I'll buy the plane ticket and you just work it off. You know? yeah. And I was like, great. And then I called my sponsor that I had in Chicago. And she was like, I was telling her what I was doing. And she was like, well, you can stay here until you figure it out. Like I'm selling my house. So mm-hmm. you can stay here until we, you know. Yeah. So I was like, that happened all in 24 hours. Yeah. It's like, it's just, it was, star- I mean, yeah. it, but, but, just it was God. Yeah. yeah. And it but was you just like, Craigslist, so, you know, you know, right. cra- seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like one of those things too, where it was like, I was literally, that was, that happened on a Monday. I was leaving that Friday. Wow. One thing just quickly. Like, yeah. Sort of. And it was tough for my family to some of mm-hmm. my family members to accept. I know they, f- sometimes when I've had similar situations like that, where I've returned home, it's, it, they don't under, they don't have, they don't have all the, the working parts that are going right. on, you know, right. it doesn't make sense at the time. Right. And that can be hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when, so, yeah. when you arrived, were you able to, to explain to them what was going on or how did you go? Uh, I tried, but it yeah. was, it was still like some people weren't ready to hear yeah. it. Yeah. So that was okay. Yeah. Cause I was but like, you, but you know what you had to do though. Yeah. So, yeah. So you get so back to Chicago. I get back to Chicago and it was like that summer that I get back to Chicago and the serenity pageant was happening again. And they were asking mm-hmm. me like, now that you're back, are you going to compete again? And I was like, I don't know. I just got back. I'm just trying to get my bearings, you know? And they're like, I think you should. And then like, it kept like tickling in my head. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I just went in full force and like pulled it all together and I ended up winning it. Wow. So I was like, okay, that's awesome. And then that year that I had the crown, I was supposed to do like two events. So I hosted two events and like, I loved doing those events. And I was like, it kind of like, I'm thinking about it now, but it's like when I was like hosting my fashion show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but I was like, I should be doing drag more often. And so this is like, takes me up to 2018 and I'm working in restaurants, just like trying, like making okay money, but I was just unhappy. But then also, oh, get this. Uh, so towards the end of 2017, I went back to my agency that I was with before I left for LA and they weren't really supportive of me coming to Chicago. And I was like talking to that acting coach and she was like, you just need to email them and be like, what's going on? Why am I not getting it out? Like, just have that, like, conversation yeah. with them. And I sent them an email and they were like, yeah, so we don't really like to receive these types of emails. And if you're unhappy, there's nothing that we can do. We submit to you. But if it's not, they're not calling you and that's not on us. I was like, okay. Hung right. up the phone. They called back. Yeah, so we talked and we think it's best that we just part ways. Oh. I was like. Okay, Okay. great. I had already, like, by that time, had been submitting to other agencies in Chicago, so I was just waiting to hear back. An hour later, Gray called, like, a different, like, agency calls me. (laughs) And they're like, hey, we have your stuff, and we're just wondering if you would be interested in coming to audition and read for us. And I was like, yes, I would love to. Mm -hmm. So I go and audition. I didn't sign with them, but it was okay, because I realized sometimes 
what happens after we make that like decision is not necessarily the immediate thing for us. I think it's a sign to say that there are other options out there. It's a validation. It's a validation. Yeah. It's a sign of things to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that was. I was like, great. They don't want me, but there's another agency that wants me. And so I'm still working in restaurants. 2017 or 2018 hits, I have lunch with one of my friends who was in charm with me and his girlfriend at the time. And they were, she was represented by Stuart and she was like, they have to see you. Like Stuart has to like sign you. She was like, I'm just gonna stay on them. And she did. And she stayed on Stuart and they were like, finally met with me and they loved me and I auditioned for them. And they then like in May, they signed, uh, like March, they signed me. And so I was with Stuart and Stuart has offices in New York, Chicago, LA, Miami, Atlanta, you know? And so it was just like, perfect. And, And then I was just like, okay, now that I'm with this agency, they immediately started sending me out for auditions and like big auditions. And I was like, okay. It was like one of those things where I was like, I could not find the time to prepare the way I wanted to for these auditions. And then scrambling, trying to get people to cover my shifts. It was just like so much. And I was also like wanting to do drag more. And I was like hearing about all of these like competitions that were happening that paid. And I was like, what? And you get gigs too out of it? So I was like, okay. And I was like praying and asking God just for like signs. And it was funny because like I had auditioned to understudy downstate as Steppenwolf. And I was waiting to hear back from it. And then at the same time, there was just like things going on in my job. There was like shifts in management and it was just like corporate was now starting to look at us. And it was just like one of those things where like they literally had a meeting they had us come in for a meeting and they were like, people are watching us. And they're like, if you're unhappy, like it's best you just leave now rather than get fired, you know? And they weren't saying that to me, but they to the were group. saying that to yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I just need to put in my, my notice. And while I was in that meeting, I checked my email and it was a letter from Steppenwolf saying that I did not get the understudy role. They went with someone else. I was like, okay, I still need to put in that two weeks though. Mm, yeah. So I go home, I call my manager that night and I was like, hey, I just want to put in my two weeks with you. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty positive. And he's like, okay, go to sleep, wake up the next day. Steppenwolf emails me and was like, hey, so would you be interested in understudying this show instead? And I was like, <laughs> so many. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I will. Yes, I will be interested. And that was a curious case, curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Mm. And I got to understudy the role of the dad. And that was the thing. I didn't want to get trapped in this like understudy wheel because, you know, I also wanted to be specific and why. And the fact was that this was a cis straight man who was the single father who was taking care of the son who was on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a beautiful role. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, just be great to like get into those shoes, you know? So that's why I understudied it. And then I started entering. Did you ever get to go on? What's that? Did you ever get to go on? I did not. Okay. I've understudied Ed Steppenwolf three times and never got to go on. So far. 
Right. Not yet. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not understudying after the last one. Oh. <laughs> third time. Okay, third so time so yeah, 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 yeah. I said the next time that I work at Steppenwolf will be like a role, a contract that I yeah, will yeah. be stepping into. How, how did you, just out of curiosity, you talked about Stuart. How, it is, mm-hmm. Was Stuart the, the vehicle that got you uh, to audition with Work in Progress? Oh, yeah. So Stuart was like, so, you know, I... I was going to understudy the show and then I quit my job and then I was like, let me just start entering these drag competitions. Yeah. And I started winning them. Yeah. And because I had that time, I, it wasn't my first time in drag. You know what I'm saying? And like, this I was a little Cleo older and it was a lot of babies competing. So yeah. I just came in and I had that time to cultivate Cleo. So I just came in and everyone was like, where did this bitch come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it was like one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'm here to like slay, you know? Yeah. And I finally got the courage to audition, uh, to compete at Roscoe's for drag race yeah. for drag race. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a structure where every Tuesday they have a competition and people if come win out that com- on Tuesdays. People come out, yeah. And if you win that competition, you go on to the semifinals, which happens every two months. And then if you win that at the end of the two months, then you go on to the finals at the end of the year. And it's like six girls competing at the end of the year. Mm. I won that. <laughs> that <laughs> the whole that year. That yeah. Year. That year. And so so I did uh I understood a curious incident. And then oh, so this is the other God moment. Uh there's so many. But I mean, I think we need like, right, a scroll. Right. <laughs> Keep track of them. Right. The casting director at Steppenwolf was my he was at Milwaukee Rep. When oh, I was there, when you're in Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. When I was at Milwaukee, right? He was the intern coordinator, like he was like over us, but he was also the casting director at Milwaukee Rep. And then Got he it. left Milwaukee Rep to go to Steppenwolf and be the casting director there. Wow! So that year, he also cast me in this thing that took place at the Art Institute of Chicago. So I got to do this really cool performance art piece with Pope L, who is this performance artist who directed us. And it was at the place where I started, yeah. you know, and they were paying me this time around. <laughs> I love That's that. a special it was moment. Like a, it was yeah. a very special moment. So doing that and drag, and then once I won Roscoe's, that's when, like, I was, like, now a Chicago name and, like, people would just book me. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I had that title for 2019. Yeah, Arvon, um, just to put this out there, because I know that, some people are probably going to want to, it's, it's helpful for me to, I know to be able to like to, to go on your Instagram and see like some of the things you've done, like that state mm-hmm. farm ad, some of the beautiful mm-hmm. things that you have gotten to do. Um, people can go, that's an easy place to go and view some of that work. Can you give us a, for, for Instagram? Oh, my Instagram handles. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's Armand's Instagram where it's Armand BC factor. So A R M A N D B C F A C T O R. And I chose that because I was like, well, it's funny because like, you know, I, there's actor, but those like BCF are my like la- middle and last initials. Yeah. But then like also like the Armand factor. Uh, you know? <laughs> many layers. Right. Yes. And then Cleopocalypse is, wow, ah, Cleopocalypse is just Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And both of those are really great uh, platforms to see some Thank of the you. amazing work that you've created over the, these, these years. 
Well, thanks for thanks for coming over. Oh my gosh, no, thank you. How long have we been talking? Well, <laughs> you're like, it's well, been, like three it's been hours. A conversation. Yeah, because we started <laughs> no. like two fifty, right? I, yeah, maybe a little yeah. before then. Yeah, wow. it was a good conversation. Yeah. So we're glad that so you many were... needles threaded. Like nothing, nothing wasted in your life. Good luck editing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all interwoven. I'm going to tell yeah. you. It is all interwoven. So, yeah. so this may just be the raw footage. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah, I can't edit God. Sorry. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Yeah. and continue to do this beautiful work that you're doing. We really, we can't wait to see more. Thank you. I appreciate that. Armand, as reigning queen of Roscoe's Drag Race for 2018, was able to create the life that they always wanted. Being able to perform and use their creativity to entertain people. After signing with a new agent, they were cast in the movie The Thing About Harry and on the television shows The Shy, Chicago Fire, and Showtime's Work in Progress. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk Out Loud. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate us, and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media at Talk Out Loud Live. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story, and a member of the LGBTQIA community, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on our website at www.talkoutloudlive.com. You can also get your official Talk Out Loud gear in our online store. Thanks again for listening, and remember to be true, be you, and to talk out loud.